very warm welcome to you, especially if you are a visitor joining with the Kirkliston Parish Church family for the first time today. My name is Alistair Barton and I'm an elder at Kirkliston Parish, one of a team sharing this series of Holy Week Reflections. And isn't it amazing to think that here we are, a second Easter Holy Week, recording online reflections instead of being together as a church family. But hopefully we will be together again soon. I'm certainly looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to having my first haircut in about five months. So this is the third of our Holy Week Reflections. And the theme today is Jesus predicts his death. I guess some of you will know this little story. A father and his son were walking through the forest one day when they came across a large anthill that had been badly damaged. Hundreds of ants were scurrying around trying to repair the damage which threatened their lives, threatened their future, but they were finding it a real challenge. The little boy became very upset and he said to his dad, I want to help them, but my hands are too big and I don't know what I can do to help. Gently, his dad replied, the only way you can help them 
is to become like one of them, to get down to their level, to their size. A short story, a simple story, but one that illustrates what Jesus did for us. God knew what would happen in the Garden of Eden, and he already had a plan to reinstate that relationship with mankind that was lost when Adam and Eve disobeyed. We call it his plan of salvation. Some people call it his rescue mission, to rescue us from the grip of our enemy Satan, who now had dominion over the earth. This rescue mission is beautifully described in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. But for that plan to work, Jesus had to leave his father's side. He had to voluntarily give up his glory, give up his immortality, take on human form, experience life as we experience it, with all the joys, sadness, bitterness, frustrations, hurts, friendship, love, and so much more. It couldn't work if Jesus stayed in heaven, in a different dimension, separate from the creatures that needed saving. It also meant that, to fulfill the righteous and just requirements of God, Jesus had to die. Taking our place and taking the full punishment for our sin to satisfy God's justice, just as the perfect Passover lamb, the one without any blemish or defect, was sacrificed at the temple. A substitutionary sacrifice to atone for the sin of the people, which allowed them to live on. We can only speculate, we can only imagine what happened in heaven when Father God revealed his plan of salvation, his rescue mission to his son Jesus. Was it before man was created, because God already knew what man would do? Was it after man was created? We may never know. But what we do know is that Jesus, filled with the same love for us as the Father, willingly accepted the assignment, despite knowing he would be criticised, ignored, betrayed, falsely accused, tortured, and ultimately killed in one of the most horrific ways man has ever devised. In the words of the TV and the film series, Mission Impossible, it was as if God was saying, your mission, Jesus, if you choose to accept it, is to leave heaven for a season, live as a man, die a horrible death as you experience my wrath, then, if you succeed, be restored to life and to heaven again. Thankfully for us, Jesus accepted his mission. Have you ever wondered when Jesus actually knew what lay in front of him? In his, huma in his humanity, I mean. Again, we can only speculate. But I wonder, did he know by the time he was aged 12 and he went with his parents to Jerusalem for the Passover feast? Remember what he said to Mary and Joseph as they came looking for him after realising that he was not with the family group as they were returning home. 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, Jesus says to Mary and Joseph, Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Or as another version puts it, Didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? There are at least a dozen times in the Gospels where Jesus speaks about his suffering, his death and his departure. He knew what lay in front of him. He knew what he had to do. Whenever it was he knew, from that time he did not waver. From that time, despite many opportunities, he was not distracted from his mission. The start of our story today in John's Gospel is one of those moments. It has been suggested that the Greeks who came and asked to see Jesus actually wanted to invite him to come back with them to Greece after the Passover festival, to continue his preaching, teaching and work working of miracles. Whether or not that's correct, what is clear is that Jesus was not distracted. Once again, he reaffirmed his mission, his purpose, his goal, as he declared, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. In the Old Testament, there are many prophetic passages that point forward to the coming of Jesus, what he will do and what he will be like. One of these is in the book of Isaiah in chapter 50, where it refers to the obedient servant. In verse 7 it says, I have set my face like flint. Using that phrase, set your face like flint, is a figure of speech the prophet Isaiah uses 800 years before it happened to describe the Messiah's unwavering determination to persevere in, his, in the excruciating task set before him. In Luke 9, verse 51, this is repeated when it says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Another version says Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He would not be distracted. He did not waver. How could he do that? How could he do what none of us can do? Because of his absolute faith and trust in his Father. The verses from Psalm 71 that we read today give us a glimpse of that. For example, in verse 3, For you are my rock and my fortress. Or verse 7, You are my strong refuge, you referring to God. And in the Isaiah 50 chapter I mentioned earlier, verse 7, I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Or verse 9, it is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Perhaps the best expression of that faith, of that trust, is in Hebrews 12 verse 2 where it says that Jesus, quote, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And what was that joy? It was the joy of knowing that if he completed his mission, he would open the way for mankind to be reconciled to the Father who created us and who loves us. We are his joy, you and me. Everyone who has believed that Jesus is the Saviour, the Messiah, the firstborn from the dead, the risen Lord of Lords and King of Kings, 
If that doesn't give us a good reason for shouting hallelujah, thank you, Father, I don't know what does. So bringing it right up to date, staying on track in the Christian life requires us to set our faces like flint. The Apostle Paul teaches us to run the race with our eyes on the prize. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We are to imitate the steadfast determination of Jesus in whatever it is we're asked to do. I wonder how many of us, me included, have known we have to do something specific for the kingdom of God, but we have allowed ourselves to be distracted and we have not completed our mission. It may not be something as dramatic as going to the cross to save humanity. It may be as simple as offering a helping hand, offering a prayer, speaking out about injustice, telling someone about Jesus. Today's story may be a challenge to us, but it can also be an encouragement. If we choose to accept whatever our mission is, we can do so in the knowledge that we have the full resources of heaven at our disposal, and we can rely on the love of the Father, the faithfulness of Jesus, and the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to keep us from dis being distracted and provide us with all we need to fulfill our mission. So my prayer at the end of this little reflection is, may the retelling of the Easter story fill us with fresh encouragement, fresh enthusiasm, and fresh determination to persevere, to run the race set before us, to avoid every distraction, so we may win the prize, and at the end, hear the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.